Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Steve Stein uh, from Guitar Zoom here, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the importance of learning how to play thirds on your guitar. Um, and what we're going to call these are triads, okay? These are triads that we can use in what people often refer to as arpeggios. So we really have three terms here. We have thirds, which are the notes that make up a chord. The chord we're playing is called a triad, which means it consists of three different pitches. Um, and the way that we're playing them on the guitar is what we call an arpeggio or broken chord. So if you think about it, if I play an A chord, right there what I'm playing are the three notes A, C sharp, and E. Okay, those three notes make up what's called a triad. That's what I'm playing in this chord. Okay, those chords are thirds, which means the distance from A to C sharp is a third. The distance from C sharp to E is also a third, okay? So just to throw out a little bit of terminology for you of what we're doing. Now, if I was to take that chord and instead of strumming it like that, I pick through it, I'm creating what's called an arpeggio, okay? So when I strum it, I get a chord. When I pick through it, I get an arpeggio. So what I want to do is I want to explain to you a little bit of a shortcut on how to play these chords and then how to find them across the guitar for various reasons. Um, I use arpeggios or these, these chords um, in my soloing. I use them for filling in between, you know, when I'm playing chords and things like that. And there's just all kinds of different uses for this. And plus it just really helps you to get to know your fretboard a bit better. So let me show you this. Let's just first start off by learning how to play this arpeggio of triads, okay? So what I'm gonna do are take the notes here of this A major chord, which are A, C sharp, and E, and I'm gonna play them right here. I'm gonna play A with my middle finger, C sharp on the fourth string, uh, fourth fret, excuse me, fifth string, fourth fret, and then my pinky is gonna go on the seventh fret of the fifth string as well. So I have five, four, seven. And the notes I'm playing here are going to be A, C sharp, and you can see how it kind of forms this little triangle, right? I start with my middle, drop down on my first finger, and then head over to my pinky. Now, don't really worry about the picking and that sort of thing, because you can do this any way you want to. I don't want to turn this into a, a technique thing as much as it is a creative theory element for you. Okay? Now, this right now, what I'm playing is a major arpeggio, a major triad. Okay, if I did the exact same thing but started on the fifth string, it would look just like this, just like the one on the sixth string. Okay, if I went down to the fourth string, it's going to look exactly the same. So every time I'm creating this major triad, that's an A major. That's a D major, because I'm starting on D, I'm playing D, F sharp and A. Okay, if I move down again, 
I'm on G. And again, same shape is creating a major arpeggio or tr major triad. And so here I'm playing G, B, and D. Let's see. So I have A, D, and this one right here is G. Okay. So we're going to move down again. Here's where the problem is. When I move down to the uh, third string, I can't do this anymore. See, it sounds weird. Because the interval is different. The tuning is different between the third and the second strings, right? You've probably turned the tune like this before. You're on the fifth string, and then here you get to the fourth string, or the third string and the second string, you got to move down one. So we can't do it the same way. So the shape, when we get to the third string, has to look like this. We're going to go, instead of going five, four, uh, seven like we did before, we're actually going to go five, five, eight. So we're creating a little mini bar. So if you ever want to play a major arpeggio and it's going to be starting on the third string, you got to remember that the shape is going to look different. So I'm playing five, five, eight. Now when I move to the second string, it goes back to the original shape. So I'm using my middle finger to my first finger, just like I up here, the same idea. Okay. Now obviously as I'm playing on different strings, it's creating different chords, right? I mean, that's something that we need to know a little bit about our fretboard with. I need to know where A is on the sixth string, for instance, to be able to make an A major arpeggio or A major triad. If I wanted to make an E, for instance, I'd have to know where E is on my guitar. So I might go to the seventh fret of the fifth string, but the shape is going to be the same. So what I want to do is I want to show you, um, I'm going to use compare apples with apples here. I'm going to use an A major triad, an A major arpeggio, and I'm going to play it across the entire guitar. So I can kind of show you what it looks like, and I'm also going to show you how they connect together. And then you could do this with any chord you wanted to. So we've got A, C sharp, there's my root, third, and fifth, major arpeggio. Now the next available one that I've got, I'm going to move down to the fourth string on the uh, seventh fret here, which is A, and I'm playing an octave. So I'm playing, and you can see I'm just playing an octave right there. So I'm playing the same three notes, the root, the third, the fifth, this triad, right? I'm playing the same notes, it's just one octave higher. Now I'm going to play the next octave, which is actually going to exist right here on the second string, 10th fret. That's also an A. So I have A, C sharp, and E again. Okay, so we have, if you've got your guitar, go ahead and try this with me, okay? So we've got A, C sharp, and E. A on the 7th fret of the 4th string, A, C sharp, E. And then A on the 10th fret of the 2nd string, we have A, C sharp, E. So what you want to do are, are for instance, if you were going to use this realistically, now we've got scales and all sorts of things that are surrounding this, but I can visualize... Those three movements in there that I can utilize over this chord. Okay. Now again, if I know the scale that's surrounding this as well, I've got those notes. That I can make something interesting with as well. Or maybe somebody's playing this chord. And I'm just going.
you know, there's a million different things I could do creatively with this. But again, the point is to show you what it looks like on the guitar. Now we're not going to end here. This is just, I ran out of strings right here. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to keep going with this A major arpeggio, but what's going to happen now is I'm going to head up to the fifth string. Because if you think about it, I played on the sixth string, then I went down to the fourth string, then I went down to the second string. So I skipped the fifth string and I skipped the third string to make these octaves, okay? So I'm going to go to the fifth fret, or excuse me, the fifth string, 12th fret, and I'm going to play the exact same shape here. Now look at that. See how those are the same octaves, but just in different positions? Now I want you to see it though, so you can visualize on your fretboard this arpeggio, this one, this one, this one, and then we've got one left here. We've got one sitting right here. But remember, because it's on the third string, the shape is a little different. You see? So I've got... They're all sitting right there. If I wanted to do this exact same thing, but I was playing over a G chord, all I have to do is shift it down until I get to G. Now, starting here is going to be an octave of where I started down here. So I'd repeat the same thing. Sorry. That sounded not so good. Right there. So I just have the octave one, or the, those same uh, arpeggios, one octave higher. So you see, the really cool thing here is, is that it gives you the availability. Maybe you don't see them all at the same time, but it gives you the availability of being able to play whatever chord it is and find an arpeggio somewhere in the vicinity of where you're playing. And what I mean by that is, let's say I had a D power chord, right? So I'm thinking, okay, well, I wanna, I'm gonna do something. Well, I've got it sitting right here. You know, whatever it might be. Or I might be up here. Or if I didn't really like that one with my connection that I just showed you, I might move here. And make something else up. You know, whatever it might be. Or I'm connecting those together for some reason. But the point is, is it just moves you across the entire fretboard. So now all of a sudden, you can start seeing the notes of your chord, this root, third, fifth, everywhere. Okay? So you've got one here, one here, one here, one here, one here, and then it just starts all over in the octaves and does the exact same thing. And you can do that with any chord you want. Now let's say 
that your chords, for instance, all you have to remember about the major ones that we just talked about, are they're all the same middle finger to first finger kind of shape, except when you get on the third string. When you're going from the third to the second string, that's when you have to make this little mini bar to make that work. But all the other strings will work just fine. All we have to do is find where our root is. Is the A here? There we go. Or is A here? There we go. Or is A here? Or wherever we can find the A, we can create that arpeggio. Now, the other thing to understand is that you can actually work the opposite direction. Instead of moving this way, you can actually create your arpeggio this way. So instead of playing middle and then first on the fifth string like this, I can play two strings on, or two notes on the, on the first string that I'm playing. So I'm playing A, C sharp, and then I'm heading down to the fifth string. And if I go here, it's going to work the same way here. Same way here. Same way. Now here it's going to be the same thing. You just have to remember that you had to go underneath to find that. Well, now we have to go up here. So it's a little bit awkward to play, but it's right there. So there's two different ways that you can approach playing that for whatever reason you might. I just want you to be aware of it. So if you see somebody playing it this way and then, all, you know, or you see somebody playing it this way and you're like, well, why are they doing it that way? Because it's the same notes. Okay, so it doesn't matter. Whichever way works for you. You know, maybe you're playing a lick a different way and so it's easier to try and approach it from that angle. Uh, either way, that's a really great thing to learn how to do. And again, as long as you know where the root is, if you want G or you want F sharp or you want B or you want D or A or F or whatever it might be, you can find it on any string and then create that arpeggio, that create that major triad, okay? Just be aware that, again, if you get to the third string, it changes a little bit, that's all. That's all you gotta do. The second thing um, that I wanna show you aside from the connection between these two is the fact that if you came across a minor chord, what would you do? Well, with a minor chord, you do the exact same thing, except the second note that you you play in any of these situations, the second note has to be lowered one fret, okay? So if I was playing an A major chord, for instance, I'm playing A, C sharp, and E. Again, anywhere, however I'm doing it. If I want to play A minor, I'm gonna play A, C. So I have to lower that C sharp down one. I got to move down one fret. And it doesn't matter where I go. It's going to do the same thing no matter where I go. But remember, when you get to this one, that's that weird one, okay? You're going to have to lower. Right there, you're going to have to lower that note down. Or here, watch this. So it creates a bar on the other side. Okay, however you like to play it, but that's what's going to happen if you get a minor. So it's kind of cool because let's say you were playing D minor to A major, right? So you're thinking, okay, well, I got to find a D minor arpeggio that I want to play. So I go here. And I create some sort of a cool little thing. And then A comes up, and it's an A major, and I go, okay, well, now I need something that's kind of like that. That one's a little bit far away. 
I could maybe use that one. So I'm going to use this one here. So on the D minor one, I'm going to be right here. On the A major one, I'm going to be right here. See, so I could make some cool little riff in the background of a chord that's being played. kind of thing like that. So there's a lot of different levels to this. You don't have to learn just one chord across the fretboard, although it really is helpful. Um, the other thing that you can do is just start looking at some common chord progressions or things that you like to play and start looking for a new avenue of exploration using some of these arpeggio ideas. This triad, both major or minor, however you like to play them, somewhere on the fretboard. So it's not just a matter of, okay, I can play my A major all the way across my fretboard, great, I'm done. No, 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 the, the, the next step is, okay, so how do I use it musically, right? Maybe I don't need all of them. Maybe I just, I'm just gonna use a couple of them, right? Or I'm just gonna use one along with the scale that I'm using at the time, pentatonic or diatonic or whatever I might be using to solo. Or I'm gonna create a little motif with my chord changes. I've got a G that goes to a D that goes to an E minor and I'm making this arpeggio over G and then here comes D so I'm doing this one and E minor here I'm doing this one. And you could just make up all kinds of really, really cool things that way. So remember, be creative. Spend some time actually trying to apply the ideas to your playing and not just how to do it. Although that really, of course, is important, but not only how to do it, but being able to apply it to your actual playing. So practice hard, stay positive, and I'll talk to you soon. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Number one, this is really important, okay? Comfort is king. Now, we're going to talk about expanding your comfort level as well, but let's just talk about who you are today who you are right now as a guitar player, and you wanted to write some music or you wanted to learn some riffs or some songs from your favorite artists and things like that, it's important to know who you are and what your comfort level is, okay? If you wanna learn how to play something, this took me a long time to learn because I am a fan of so many different styles of music that when it comes to writing, it's hard for me to really direct myself to a place that, you know, I'll go, well, today I'm gonna play some blues or, and that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. But you really want to understand what it is that you feel is your wheelhouse in terms of style and the technique abilities that you have. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.